So we are in the middle of a series of messages that we are calling Drinking Poison, Overcoming the Power of Offense. And I honestly believe that this is an incredibly important message within the culture and the time that we live in today. Is that right? Because let me tell you, the world is constantly offended at each other. Is that right? Uh, It's being exacerbated by media and politicians and all kinds of different, uh, different things that pit people against each other. And we as the church, if we're gonna be the light of the world, we cannot fall into the trap of drinking this poison. And so a quick review here as we get through, we have understood that even though you feel offended, you don't necessarily have to take offense. That forgiveness is not feeling, it's not trust, it's not approval of the fence or lack of justice. It is simply this. It is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. And so even if you still feel offended, you can still forgive. Even if you don't trust that person, you can still forgive. And I had somebody tell me this last week. She's like, man, I, 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 they just freed me because there was a question in my mind. Have I really forgiven this person because I don't trust them anymore? So does that mean that there's still unforgiveness in my heart? And the truth is that you can still not trust somebody you can st- and still, you can still feel feelings of hurt from somebody and still give up your right to hurt them for hurting you. But the question is, so what if I'm still struggling with that? Maybe I do kind of, you know, I just feel like I want a little revenge or I'm happy when they don't do very well, you know? So what do I do if I'm struggling with those, with those feelings or with unforgiveness? And last week we discovered that your revelation of God's forgiveness, you see, you can never repay the debt for your own sin that you owe to God. That it was like 200,000 years worth of income you know, as an illustration of what your debt might be. You could never repay it. But your revelation of God's forgiveness to you will actually determine your capacity to forgive others. And so if you understand and meditate on God and what he has done for you, then although forgiveness is not feeling those icky feelings, you still don't want them, right? You want them out of your heart. But if you will meditate on God and what he has done for you, then your capacity to forgive others and to release a lot of those nasty emotions will actually begin to increase. And I've had, I've had a lot of feedback from this series. Man, this is what I needed, Micah. In fact, I know there's a lot of us here that are not only hearers of the word, we say that every week, right? But we are also doers of the word. And I got some feedback from a couple of people that actually put this into practice. One said, hey, I just want to thank you for your message today. I finally got the guts to fully forgive and approach somebody who's been har- who has been harboring in me for over two years. That's good for them, you know? That is awesome. And then I got another message that says, thank you so much for the series. A friend offended me months ago. Today after church, I called them up to talk about it, and it was the most honest and understanding conversation that we have ever had or that we've had since then. And my friends, this is what it's all about, that no matter what happens, we don't let the poison of offense create division between us and our brothers and our sisters. You see, we have learned for forgiveness and what forgiveness is and how to forgive, how to release offense and not take offense Okay, we've learned that. But today, what we're going to talk about is what if you are the offender? What if you are the one that have caused offense? Or maybe it's just 
that you are perceived to be the offender. You don't feel like you did anything to offend, but they felt like you did. So about 10 to 15 years ago, one of the pastors here, Pastor Marcus, he came to me to talk with me about an offense. You see, I had made some comments that I was unaware were offensive to him as a black man. And to be honest, I was honestly ignorant that what I said was offensive. And so he came to me with that offense and explained what I had said and how that was offensive to him. And friends, I had no idea that I, and I was actually horrified that, I, that he might think I thought less of him because of his skin. And my friends, at that moment, it didn't matter if, I, if what I said I, I thought was offensive or not, he was my brother. It didn't matter if I could explain why I said what I said. All that mattered to me in that moment is that my brother was in pain that I had caused, that I had contributed to. And so in that moment, I asked for forgiveness. He forgave me. I asked, what can I do to, to repair the relationship? We had a really good talk. And because we both sat down and dealt with it maturely, you see, he had the courage to come and talk to me about something that was incredibly sensitive. And on my side, I refused to get defensive. You know, well, I, you, know I, you shouldn't take it like that. And no, I heard my brother's heart. And today I'll tell you that that offense is actually behind us and our relationship is restored. And he believes in me and I believe in him. Isn't that right, my friend? The problem is that a lot of times stories don't have a happy ending like that. The offended go to their corner and the offendor goes, goes to their corner and, and, it would, and, and it tends to polarize us. And a lot of times the offendor if ignores the offense or they defend themselves or they give excuses. Yeah, I'm sorry, but we got a lot of sorry buts. We don't need the sorry buts, Okay. See, it means that all of us are going to offend others at times, all right? Because we're human and we live with humans. And what we've learned is that the consequences of taking offense are so horrible. They are so terrible that Jesus actually insists that we waste no time in seeking reconciliation, all right? Because, oh, here we go again. All right. Uh, nope. All right, Heather, come do your magic. She did this on purpose so she could get up here. We all know that. So just pop it open and put it back. You guys are so patient. Those of you at home, just go get a cup of coffee or something. We'll be. All right, here we go. I think we're good. Oh, device connect, USB, device inserted. Oh, here. I don't know why that's, the end. that's even in there. All right. So here we go. All right. So Proverbs says, 
uh, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. So we don't want offense with our brothers. It's, and it's like contentions are like bars of a castle. So if we're going to become a unified body of Christ that is a light to the world, we've got to, they need to know that the truth we speak is the real truth because they see the love between us. And if that's going to happen, we have to prioritize this. The whole reason that you, if you are a Jesus follower, the whole reason that you breathe is to go out and to make disciple makers. And if that's compromised by disunity within the body of Christ, then this, my friends, should be on the top of our priority list, okay? So what if you have offended somebody? Well, let me say this. If you've offended somebody and you know that what you've done is wrong, most of us know that we need to swallow our pride and we need to make amends, all right? That's, that's pretty clear. We need to apologize, but then we also need to seek restoration. What can I do to make it up to you? We need to ask for forgiveness. Now, some people have a hard time doing that, whether because of pride or whatever, but that is actually pretty clear. All of us kind of understand that. But where it gets muddy, and this is what I want to address today, what if you offended somebody, but we don't feel like we did anything to offend what if you feel like your spouse is upset about nothing? They're always upset. Or, or your friends, or your, the people you go to church with, they're just too sensitive. You know, or people at work, you know, they're offended and it's their own fault. If they had worked harder, if they had paid attention, whatever happened would have never happened and you feel like it's their fault. There are people in the neighborhood, they're offended because things that are small, petty, maybe in the yard your dog got out, whatever. But what do we do when we don't feel like we've done anything wrong? Do I really have to go apologize for something that I didn't feel like I did was wrong? Well, let's go back to our whole purpose. Because remember, Jesus left us here to be his conduit for eternal life change. And the only way they will know us as his disciples carrying his truth is that we have unity and love for each other. And that, exceed, that, that should proceed, I'm right and you're wrong. We should be more concerned about loving each other. And guys, it's not easy sometimes, as you know. I mean, we all know we're supposed to forgive. And so that end of it is pretty clear. We've gone through that. But listen, there's a little verse that Jesus gave us during his Sermon on the Mount. And in it lies a hidden gem that actually completes the equation for us loving each other and not, being, not offending and walking in offense so that the world can see the truth that we have. All right, so Jesus is giving his famous Sermon on the Mount, and within that, in Matthew 23, he says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar. Now, in that time, the way that they worshiped is that they would bring sacrifices to the altar, and they would worship God with these sacrifices, because the, the sacrifices would cover over their sin. See, Jesus hasn't, hadn't paid for their sin yet, so it couldn't be washed away, it was just covered over. And today, we don't worship with sacrifices at an altar anymore, but we worship with our heart, at the altar of our heart, thanking him for the payment of our sin. That blood that didn't cover over, but it washed us clean. Our sin doesn't exist anymore when we give our lives to him. He, he cast it as far as the east is from the west. This is his forgiveness. And so what he's saying here is if you come and bring your gift of worship, and you remember that your brother has something against you. Ah, not that you've done something to brother. It doesn't say if you remember you've done something to your brother. It says if you remember your brother has something against you. Leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled. 
to your brother and then come and offer your gift. In other words, then come and worship me. Now, there is no mention here of the other side, the one to forgive. You see, this is not actually not about that. Jesus dealt with that before when he said, you must forgive others or my heavenly father will not forgive you. We talked about that last week. This is Jesus dealing with the other side of the equation. In fact, I want to read it to you in the message paraphrase because I think it really helps drive this point home that Jesus was trying to make to us. He says, this is how I want you to conduct yourselves in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and you're about to make your offering, worship to the Lord, and suddenly you remember a grudge that a friend has against you, abandon your offering of worship. Leave immediately and go to this friend and make things right. And then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. Jesus' point here is very clear. And actually, it's pretty alarming when you think about it. What he's saying is, it's more important to be reconciled with your brother than to worship him. Just let that sink in for a minute. Your worship to God, your quiet time to God in the morning, or you come in and worship like we just did. We raise our hands in the presence of God and we worship him. God, I love you. That's great. But what Jesus is saying is if we have offended others in such a way that they are in pain or they hold grudges and we don't do what we can to resolve that offense, our worship is in vain. And that's because we show how much we love God by how we treat others. It is so natural for us to try to make up for integrity with religious ceremony or works. Worship will never make up for not resolving offense with your brother or your sister. Romans 12, 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, those four words at the beginning, if it is possible. So I've been in situations where I didn't feel like what I did was offensive. Other people were offended, and they lashed out at me, and I had to pull the knife out of my back to go to them because I knew they had a grudge against me, even though I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. In fact, I felt like it was one of those situations where hurt people were hurting people. My friends, that did not relieve me of my responsibility to go to them and try to make it right if it is possible. And sometimes that works. But it says, as far as it depends on you, see, I didn't shirk my, you can't shirk your responsibility because of how they're acting or because you feel like you didn't do anything wrong. The bottom line is that if there is division with my brother or my sister and I, and if it's possible, I want to make sure that that is solved. Because the more the world sees us fighting, the less that they can accept the powerful truth that we carry. And this is the key point that I want you to understand, okay? If you don't remember anything else today, this is what I want you to remember. That we must use love to protect unity from both sides, okay? We have to use love to protect unity from both sides. And we've already talked about that back in Matthew 18, it says if, if somebody sins against you, another believer sins against you, go privately and point it out to them. And the next step is forgive them. And so we're familiar with that we're supposed to forgive those that offend us. But what Jesus is doing here is absolutely amazing. 
because the power of unity and our love for each other was so important to him that he didn't want to leave it up to one side. Just the offended forgiving the offender. What he does in this little, little bitty scripture is he closes up the other side. That if your brother has something against you, if you realize, if you're at church and you realize your brother has something against you, that it is our responsibility to go to them and to reconcile our brother. Now, I want you to finish the message before you go do that, okay? So don't leave yet. But it's so important because, listen, our unity is what changed the world, that the world would know that we were his disciples. And it was so important that he deal with this from both sides, is that he would know that we can protect, use love to protect unity from both sides. Now, another reason that I believe he deals with it from this other side as well is that sometimes when other people feel offended, right or wrong, it's probably harder for them to come to you than for you to go to them. And if we know somebody is offended, we need to have the courage to actually go to them and see if it is possible, as far as it depends on us, if we can repair the relationship and the unity. So what do you do? If you don't feel like it's something that was offensive, well, this scripture never gives a distinction of if the offense is valid. It just says if they, and it's interesting that it, the way it, he phrases it, if they have a grudge against you. And you may have done nothing wrong, but regardless, biblically, it is up to you to attempt the reconciliation. And the idea is that unity within the body of Christ Lack of offense is so important to Jesus that he dealt with it from both sides. So if one, one side won't do what they're instructed to do, then look, the love from the other side can cover a multitude of sins. So the question is, which, which one of you is more spiritually mature? Maybe, you know, you offended them, you're aware of it, they won't come to you. But what you don't want to do, well, if they got a problem with me, they can come to me. I mean, I just, I just speak the truth, so it's their problem. That's what the world says. No, but Jesus says, no, if you know they have a problem, go to them regardless. This is tough. But we have to use love to protect unity from both sides. You may have to take the high road. You may have to approach your brother, your sister to reconcile. And it takes maturity, guys, to walk in forgiveness Especially if you, to go to them, especially if you didn't mean to hurt them or you feel like they're being just a little too sensitive. Taking the first step is always harder for the person who has been offended. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't relieve them of their responsibility. But if you're the one that offended, purposefully or not, your road is always easier. That's why Jesus says, you go to them. Don't just wait on them to come to you. Are you willing Am I willing to lay down my self-protection, my pride, my right to be right in order to be restored with my brother or my sister who might be offended? It's rough. And look, when you get there, make sure you approach them with humility. Let me tell you what a lack of humility looks like. The worst thing that you can do is belittle their feelings. Telling somebody that they're too sensitive, they shouldn't get, you shouldn't be upset about that. Let me educate you politically as to why you should not be offended. Look, that's going to just worsen how they feel. And that's the Holy Spirit's job to lead them and guide them in that. Okay? Now, the fact is that some people 
they are more sensitive than other people. And, and look, that's okay to a point, all right? But when I hurt somebody who is easily offended, I don't play down their feelings. You can't play down their feelings to absolve yourself of any guilt. The worst thing I've ever seen is two people trying to reconcile where one is over, overly sensitive and the other one's just a jerk. That doesn't work. Now, when you go to them, listen to why they feel that way. Take it into account. You might just learn something. I can't learn anything from them. I already know everything. I've done the research. I got all the facts. Humility is always trying to learn. Love is always preferring the other person over yourself. So in that situation, make a genuine apology. Find out what can I do to restore the relationship and then don't do it again in the future. But look, it's not my intention to offend you. I didn't know Will you please forgive me? That is an attempt at reconciliation. Well, I'm sorry you're offended. Is not an attempt at reconciliation. Some of us are so quick to dismiss other people as overly sensitive, making a bigger deal. I'm one of those people, by the way. I deal with that. But the reality is we all need to be a little bit kinder to close the divide. And in the nature of the culture that we live in right now is trying to present us things that divide us. So just a little bit of kindness. You see, we have to protect unity with love from both sides. And with a little bit of empathy, you may actually realize that, look, you don't, you don't know what they've been through in their past. You don't know the wounds that they have. You have no idea. Maybe they are super sensitive. But maybe the fact that they're sensitive is due to some legitimate things that happened in their past that you have no idea about. And when I come in like a bull in his china shop with, I'm sorry you're offended, but I didn't do anything wrong, well, what does that do to the relationship? It affects the very reason we're on this earth. Because watch this, if we are really leaning in and listening, we may realize that I was being genuinely offensive. See, mature Christ, immature Christians will try to protect themselves in situations like this because they don't realize that these situations are there to help us acknowledge sometimes our own character flaws. That's what's happened to me. I'm the person that gets defensive about people being overly defensive. All right, and it's happening all the time right now. And so I've been that person. I'm trying to defend myself. I'm offended that you're offended at that. What in the world? It starts with us if we know our brother is offended. And look, don't be afraid to examine your own heart. A sign that we're truly examining our own heart is when we want to hear the insights that other people have about what, what we don't understand. Like, I don't see how you get that. That's why the psalmist says this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. How do, how do people believe this, my anxious thoughts? See if there is any offensive way in me. Point it out and then lead me in the way of everlasting. It takes humility to do this. And look, you're gonna need this in the future. As air culture becomes more and more fractured, and let me tell you something, if you think that the division that we are experiencing within this country, in our churches, in our families, between friends, with these last, this last year and a half, if you think that's over, I'm concerned that you're mistaken because our culture, even right now, our culture is pitting people against each other. 
And let me be transparent. There have been pockets of light for sure where people in in the body of Christ have just said, I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna drink the poison of offense. Love is more important. But many people have bought into this way of thinking that if you don't think I think about social issues, about race, about politics, about COVID, then you are the enemy. And unfortunately, many Christians bought into that lie. And they're offending each other and being offended by each other. And well, you need to grow up. Well, you need to grow a heart. And my concern is that as the world begins to deteriorate around us, my heart as a pastor is that we not drink the poison. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be easy. I hope it gets better. I pray for our nation. But Jesus was very clear in Matthew 24. He's talking about the last days, which I think we're in. And he says, then many are going to take offense going to happen we've seen that and betray one another and hate one another we're seeing that and because lawlessness will multiply the love of many will grow cold and we're seeing that sometimes in the church and here's the key but the one who endures to the end will be delivered and we can fight against this jesus says it's what's going to happen in the world if jesus says it's going to happen then it's going to happen But in this scripture is a warning. Please, please don't let it happen in the church. If we endure to the end, we will be delivered. And the way we will endure until the end is to use love to protect unity from both sides. You see, Jesus understood if we're going to stay healthy, spirit, soul, and body, and that if we are going to change the world around us one person at a time, Loving each other as he loved us. You see, that was the key that he gave us. We, listen, we are to proclaim the truth of the good news to the world. Is that right? In fact, he says, go into all the world, preach, proclaim the gospel, the truth. Preach truth to all creation. It's our responsibility. But here's here's my question. There's a lot of preaching truth that I see. But how are they going to know that we carry the truth? How are they going to know it is truth? How are they going to know that we are the ones that carry the truth of life-changing word, truth, that will change their lives together? There's a lot of great things that you can do. The one key that Jesus gave us that was above all the other good things that we should do is that by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you speak the truth. Right? No? Actually... This is what he said. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. They need the truth, but how do they know that we're telling the truth? Is if we as the church love one another. Love is how we change the world. Watch this. Love is the foundation for how the kingdom of God exercises its authority of truth. I'm gonna say that again, okay? It's gotta sink in. Love is the foundation for how the kingdom of God exercise its authority in truth. So when they are seeing us fighting each other, well, they don't think, oh, well, they must have the truth. I need to change my life because those people must have the answer. They're fighting with each other just like everybody else is. Jesus knew different. There was supposed to be a stark difference. 
that even though we disagree about many things, that it will never compromise our love for each other. You could say it like this. Love is the vehicle by which God's truth is effectively proclaimed. It's the way, it's the vehicle, it's the way by which God's truth is effectively proclaimed. 1 Corinthians 13, watch this. Paul says, look, if you speak in tongues, if you have the gift of prophecies, you, I mean, you can have spiritual gifts, operate in those spiritual gifts. If you fathom all mystery and all knowledge, if you understand the truth more than anybody else and you have all this knowledge, I know more than you. You have faith that can move mountains. You know how to speak the word. You understand how to use the word to be more than an overcomer in your life. You have mountain-moving faith. You're generous and you give all and you tithe and you give your body to hardship. You volunteer and you help other people. If you do all those things, but you don't have love, it's pointless. You've actually gained nothing for the kingdom. Your authority in Christ does not matter unless you know how to walk in the Jesus kind of love. That's a bold statement. That your authority in Christ is nothing if you cannot walk in love. And so should you do all these things, should you pursue to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and increase in knowledge and have faith that moves mountains and give and serve others? Absolutely, you should do all of those things. But if you do all these things and you miss what we're talking about in this series, it's all for nothing. And so which side is your responsibility when it comes to using love to protect unity from both sides? Do you need to go to your brother or sister who offended you? Or maybe do you know that something that you've done has affected your brother and sister? And whether you believe that's justified or not is irrelevant, according to Jesus. Will you go humble yourself and restore the relationship like Jesus commanded us to so that we can come back and worship and listen, I can hear some of the wheels turning already. Yeah, but Micah, what if it's truth that offended them? Then what do I do? It was truth. I am so glad you asked. Because next week, we're going to actually answer that question. It's a valid question. But tonight or today, my question to each and every one of you is to use, will you use love to protect unity from both sides? Are we mature believers able to keep our focus on what Jesus felt was most important? My prayer is that we not be hearers only, but we do be doers of the word of God. There's a world of people, individuals who are hurting and dying and being lied to, and they need to know the truth of God's word. And Jesus says the way that they will know that we carry his truth, that we are his disciples, the way they'll know the truth is if we love and are kind, we're loving and kind and considerate to each other about what we say and what we do because we love our brothers and our sisters as we love ourselves and we love one another just like he loved us. Will you stand with me?